All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Jake is on vacation this week. Jake is off getting drunk in North Carolina, so I have my friend Andrew Hall with me uh, from the Laughing in Disbelief, uh, both the YouTube page and blog. And uh, either you're listening to us on the Idiots in Parade uh, podcast or every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. We are in Chicago's comedy scene uh, radio network, the talk side of the station. So uh, if you are checking us out there, give Tony a shout out and say you like listening to us on Chicago's comedy scene radio. Hi, Andrew. How you doing, sir? Doing well. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for stepping in for, for, oh, for Jake. They're big shoes. I just hope to fill them properly. Well, they're drunk shoes, so I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how can you can you live or withstand a Jake Stye's uh, drinking uh, intake of alcohol? Probably not. I am going on a pub crawl next Saturday for my 53rd birthday, though, so I'm going to test the limits. All right. Well, you'll have to report back. Um, let's just jump in. I sent you some news stories because that's what Jake and I like to do is make fun of everything in the news. And it, generally, it ends up being making fun of the news itself um, is what I discover. And I wanted to start with one that you and I talked about uh, a while ago when it first hit is a uh, uh, Silver Spoons kid is in the news again. He, he was in the news several weeks ago for yelling, uh, berating a Costco employee. And now he's shouting about uh, the Foo Fighters and vaccination. And fine, the two two thoughts enter my head, and one is hypocrisy because I'm about to be a hypocrite because we're we're talking about Silver Spoons Kid, and the hypocrisy is why does the media talk about him? Is, is that is that the status of celebrity that hey you were on television 20 years ago and that was just NYPD Blue before that it was like just because he did something once in his life that was on a screen means he automatically commands attention no matter how misguided his stance. But, uh, well, why don't we start there and see uh, before I hit the second point? You know, I, it boggles my mind that, that the media does focus on people like that, but I, I'm guessing he must have a hardcore following amongst his conservative friends. I I don't know if that's true, but I bet it's becoming true. I'm guessing that this launched him into a because I didn't I hadn't heard of him in years before this. I mean, had he popped up in? Well, no, actually, I heard of him when he bailed out the murderer in Wisconsin. So I think that was the start of it. That, that's exactly it. He, he bailed out the murderer and that's what propelled him into infamy amongst the saner parts of the country. Um, and and gave him quite a fan following amongst the uh, Trump supporters. Well, the other the other uh, side I wanted to attack is or to discuss. I think it's amusing uh, because I I find everything amusing now. I I don't have the time or patience to get annoyed by either side, the left, the right, what. But the fact that the stance he's taking is that the Foo Fighters are being discriminatory, that he's calling it dis discrimination. The fact that they are not allowing unvaccinated people into their shows. And I don't even know if this is a Foo Fighters mandate or if it is a Madison Square Garden mandate or no. I have not seen any article that says Dave Grohl dictates fans must be uh, vaccinated at his show. So I don't know what's going on, but it made me think of, is this going to be the next hyphen? 
because as we enter the stage of, or as we are in a stage of political correctness where it is African-American, Latino-American or Latinx American, now do we have uh, unvaccinated Americans? Is that going to be the new persecuted minority and how they're gonna see themselves? And so the, we've created a new hyphenate is, is what I'm saying, is we've got unvaccinated Americans. Thanks, Ricky. Well, you know, I think we could both agree, Nathan, and people listening to us, there's always been idiot Americans. <laughs> yes, that is true. I proudly call myself one of those. I mean, hell, the name of the podcast is Idiots on Parade. It's it's uninformed people with big opinions. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Mr. Schroeder, I think Ricky, Mr. Silver Spoons, I think he is trying to level up on the idiocy, though. Yeah. I suppose, but what do, what do you feel about the new hyphenate? Uh, I mean, we live in an era where everyone, including now, and I don't know what to say, but my, my mind is going in two places at once, so I'm not sure which path I want to go to, where everybody's a victim, basically. And so now people that refuse to believe in science are going to consider themselves victims. And it's a really odd stance to take because it's, you know, science. It's, it's people that went to school, like doctors go to school for an incredibly long time. And when they come out the other end, they say, hmm, I have what's called an educated opinion. And then, as you said, idiot Americans suddenly go, no, you don't shut up. I saw this thing on YouTube that, that discounts everything you said. Well, idiot America is a, is a byproduct of idiot American education systems and <laughs> of, uh, of the society at large. Yeah. And I, you know, just to get right to the point, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the solution is to idiocy America. Are we living in a world of hyphenated Americans? Sure, you know, but I'm comfortable with that. As, as long as you're not doing anything completely crazy, you can have like 50 hyphens, Nathan. You know, uh, it doesn't matter to me in any real functional way. But if you're out there and you're willing to be a Petri dish for uh, COVID-19 to, to replicate in, then maybe, maybe I'm a little bit more concerned. Maybe that's when I say, well, maybe you shouldn't be a host for further variants and mutations of the virus. I think that's when I have some issues. That makes sense. I hear that. Uh, I, I'm the same as you. I don't care uh, what anyone, how they self-identify or how many hyphens they have. If that's what makes your dick hard, great. If that's what gets your nipples to uh, rock solid status. Um, I, and this is my own personal grudge. I'm not going to acknowledge all of them. I will just like, oh, you're someone I don't want to talk to. That's how I see, like, if you have several hyphens or, you know, you identify in several different ways, it's like, yeah, I, you identify as someone that I don't want to talk to. Uh, that That's how I see it when you go down a path that that's deep. But I don't, I don't know. Um, I guess the, the sad thing is we're not going to resolve anything in either the first point. Why do we care what uh, former celebrities or even celebrity celebrities, why do we care what someone who is uh, doing something? I, I guess when I was younger, I probably felt like anyone else, like, wow, that person's on TV. That must be cool. They must be so smarter, you know, like how they got to be famous like that. And then you become an adult and you grow wiser and, and more hopefully, jaded. Hopefully you grow wiser. Maybe. Well, maybe, yeah. And, and you realize that uh, these people are just as dumb as shit. And, well, you know, just because they stand in front of a guy. I think, 
Go ahead. There's this cognitive fallacy called the halo effect. And the halo effect is if you like someone or if this one person is good at one thing, there's a tendency for people to assume that they're great at everything. Ah, yes, yes. So that's why, you know, Charles Barkley might give some opinions not about basketball. I'm just throwing that name off. Who is very fun to listen to. I enjoy Charles Barkley quite a bit. Entertaining guy. Uh, Ricky Schroeder, you know, he might have been a good child actor, but there's no reason to listen to him about politics because he's not an expert. Yeah. Um, fuck, I had a thought, then I lost it. Oh, my, my thought was, yeah, I hear you because um, I, I, I was I was going, going to use a poor example, but then I decided to twist it on myself. I, I Robert Downey Jr. is just a fantastic actor. You see him in like a movie like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and just phenomenal. And he was on Letterman's last uh, round of um, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. And it was painful to get through. Did you see it? Did you happen to I, watch I did it? not see that, no. It's it's painful. He is, it's, it's definitely someone like you voted for Bush because you felt like you could have a beer with him and you didn't yeah. feel like you could have a beer with Al Gore. I, I'm not sure I'd want to have a beer with Robert Downey Jr. I love him as an actor. I think he's phenomenal on screen. But when I see him interviewed, I'm like, He's too twitchy. I don't think I would like to. He makes me itch when I'm watching him as him, as a person. He makes me itch because he's just so. So, yeah, just because I do like him as an actor doesn't mean I want to befriend or hear his opinions or anything other than really enjoy him for what he does well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly it. If I was going to sit down with this person, Robert Downey Jr., and we were going to have a conversation about acting, about his craft, then, yeah definitely worth my time. But if we were going to talk about the climate crisis, maybe not that much. Maybe I'd want to talk to somebody else about that. Yeah. And Ricky Schroeder, not sure what I'd want to talk to him about in general, other than how did you end up here? What went wrong? At what point did you become, you know, this, this so jaded and or willfully ignorant, I suppose. That would be the question. I, it, I, I, was he always this way? Was he on NYPD Blue? Uh, being a dickhole once the camera stopped rolling? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I would be interested in finding out uh, how he got so wrong. <laughs> That's exactly it, Nathan. I, I would be curious about that. Yes, yes. All right, well, enough of him. Let's move on to another story. This this is a lighthearted story. We can bounce back and forth between lighthearted and, well, they're all lighthearted. Um, I, I guess the way I phrase this is when I sent it to you, like, hey, here's something to talk about. Th this makes me irrationally happy. And... When you say something is irrational, it means you can't explain why. And the headline is NBC's ultimate slip and slide series halted after, quote, explosive diarrhea reported on set. See, I don't I don't want to hear about climate change or political strife or Trump trying to overturn the election. I want to hear that nonsensical television shows that are that, that, that offer nothing to society except mindless entertainment, which all entertainment is. This podcast is mindless. I want to hear that a show involving slip and slides and water has to be halted because of explosive diarrhea. The thing is, the title just makes you, just, it makes you imagine what's going on. Was there explosive poo on the slip and slide? Yes. You and know, like that's what makes, it's just funny in and of itself. 
Well, and I think part of the reason if I really want to examine why I'm irrationally happy is because like, I probably a personal bitterness. I lived in Los <laughs> Angeles. I'm a nobody. Uh, nobody knows who I am. Nobody cares. I struggle every day with my comedic endeavors. And somewhere out there, someone went, uh, what if we make a show uh, about a slip and slide for adults and it's a game show? And someone else went, brilliant! And it's on television. And so maybe there's bitterness there that that is on television and I struggle every day. So when I see it get shut down, I feel this uh, Scheudenfrada. I don't know. I'm with you. Yeah. Have I ever told you about my um, Sugar Baby reality TV show that a buddy of mine pitched, a buddy mm. pitched for me? No, go ahead. It, it's it's a same principle as The Bachelor, except with sugar babies and a daddy. And so the babies would be competing to be uh, the daddy's particular prime baby. And it would be hilarious. But now when you say baby, do you mean babes or babies? Are we talking like it's Father's Day today as we record? Yeah, we're talking about, you know, if, for those of you in the audience who aren't aware of the sugar baby to the daddy experience, uh, relationship, the sugar baby is a woman, typically a younger woman than the daddy, who is in some kind of, it is some kind of sex work, I believe, in a broad sense of the term. And there is a financial commitment by the daddy to the baby to um, keep the baby at a certain kind of lifestyle. Interesting. And yeah. I don't see much of a difference between that and the bachelor or bachelorette, other than semantics of they're going to fall in love and get married. I think the reality is more what you have pitched than what the bachelor and bachelorette offer up. And maybe that's why no one ever bit at that, Nathan. <laughs> maybe that's the reason. <laughs> How are you going to feel when it gets stolen? Because it was a uh, broadcast here and three people heard it and someone took it to Hollywood and made it. Nathan, you understand how jokes work and how the creative world works is that you just create as much content or as many jokes as possible. And um, hopefully people don't steal them all. And if they do, you got to write another one. Yep. All right. That was a lighthearted one. Let's bounce back to something. I don't want to say serious, but... Texas. Oh, Texas. Uh, we're in a heat wave and uh, Texas is in a heat wave as well. And in February, they said, hey, everybody, um, it's too cold. The power grid was not built for such a cold weather. Uh, we every So the power grid shut down. It collapsed. It could fa It failed. And Ted Cruz ran to Cancun. Can never forget to mention that. And one of the quotes was, we are a summer climate. Our Climate is built for summer use, not the cold. Well, guess what? They're asking Texans not to use so much power. Turn down, uh, turn up the air conditioning down. I'm not sure which 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 one is it because you want it. They they want it at 77 instead of 72, and uh, yeah. They, so their power grid isn't built for warmth or cold, I guess. And yet, don't mess with Texas. Texas proud. We're into we're individuals. We're independent. Uh, except your fuck ups. And and the thing is, is that it's so clear why the grid is failing. And the main reason why the grid is failing is because the grid is the Texas grid is not connected to any of the national grids in the country. Because if it was connected to the national grids, then it would be under federal surveillance. That means there would be quality controls from the federal government to make sure this kind of crap didn't happen. 
you know, Texas would be able to draw power in from other parts of the country. That's what I was just going to say. Yes, if they need more power and Oklahoma's got, you know, you can you're connected to a grid, you just transfer it. It's like a that's literally and, and it. Texas is under this delusion that it's its own country and it's not. <laughs> it's not. Well, here's the interesting aspect which many people on Twitter have pointed out. Uh, last week, Governor Greg Abbott signed a, an, a law in to attack women's health care. And this week, he's talking about Texas supporting building their own wall. Are these the issues uh, that Texas should be tackling while they're here's what I while they're dealing with the power grid? And what I just thought of right now is in February, I believe it was February, um, we all we heard all these stories. There were headlines of people getting hit with thirteen thousand dollar power bills and twenty thousand like for a day, for an hour uh, that the rates were. Did we ever get forgiveness for that? Did the governor ever step in and say you can't charge that? Or are these people still fucked and paying off those power bills from that month? Well, that's a very good question. You raise an interesting point in the fact that there seems to be a lot of these social war, these social conflict kind of wedge issues, yes. Wedge issues that really don't mean anything to the everyday Texan that that the governor just wants to focus on. Because the rest, because he's doing a trash, he's doing a horrible job. You know, yeah. it's a dumpster fire. And so he has to go to something. So he's going to blame, so he's going to attack immigrants um, or he's going to attack women's health care. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's enough to get his base out. That's, that's what they want to hear. It doesn't matter what, and that's the sad thing about, um, I listened to an episode of The Daily Show from uh, a couple days ago. Jordan Klepper was on. He went to a My Pillow Guy rally. <laughs> and they talked to people who were saying the country's gone to hell in the past few months since Biden's been elected. And I'm like, I, I, I get that Jordan Klepper makes jokes and it's very funny, but I, I, I'd i like to see a serious interview with these people like, OK, what in the past six months defines the country going to hell? The fact that people are vaccinated, the fact that unemployment is dropping, the fact that the country's open again. What? What is what has changed that isn't for the better two words foo fighters right there the fact that they're on tour again <laughs> and they're they're doing they're doing vaccine fascism that's what they are the foo fighters that's what they're that's how the country's gone to hell fair enough but i i mean seriously though i can't wrap my head around it can you have you is there anything you have that that makes you are these just people that are so ideally ideologically that's not a word um ideologically no, yeah they you could just say that they're in their own news bubble you could say that they're own in their own tribal bubble uh you know people who are in the QAnon cult they're in a QAnon cult yeah and so they do not really get information from outside of that bubble so there's always this churning of emotions that that the satanists that the pedophile Satanists who are in the Biden administration is destroying America. There's always this kind of um, fetishizing of persecution that they are the ones who are being persecuted, and it just they're in this bubble, and it, that kind of of story keeps going through their minds. So yes, this is the worst it's always been until tomorrow, where it's the worst it's always been. Unless you have a Greg Abbott taking on women's health care or immigrants. 
to, you know, sure, my power's out or I just paid $15,000 for a week's worth of electricity because, uh, you know, because no big government, damn it, big government yeah. stayed out of my electricity. But I suppose that doesn't matter when you feel good about the fact that women are denied health care or immigrants have a wall that's going up in Texas. Yeah, sure enough. Well, speaking of uh, let's transition and and keep it moving to what you just said, pedophiles. This this is something that uh, hasn't come up in a while. Usually, it's uh, anti-gay um, legislators who are gay themselves. Well, alleged, and I love that word. I love alleged. He's uh, there's a picture of him at the riot, at the insurgent, at the insurrection. Um, but you have to put alleged so you don't get sued. Right alleged U.S. Capitol rioter who heckled police for, quote, protecting pedophiles, served jail time for statutory rape of 14-year-old girl. And lest you think this is something that, oh, he was 15, she was 14. No, no. He was 23, I believe. Oh, they don't put it the same. Yeah, she was 14, he was 23, which, gross right there. Um, If you've ever seen a 14-year-old girl unless you're 14 yourself, the thought should not be, Ooh, yeah, I got to get some of that. So he's 23 years old and she was intoxicated. He got her drunk and uh, yeah. Yeah. So he's at the riot. So this is a cognitive uh, dissonance. That's, that's incredible because here he is yelling about how Biden is protecting Satanists and baby eaters and pedophiles. And yet it's on his record. And this goes to, I mean, uh, Trump being friends with Jeffrey Epstein, and it goes to um, Matt Gates uh, traveling, trafficking 17-year-old girls across state lines, and yet when it's in their own party, and now when it is even them, when they are the pedophile, they're the ones screaming about the other side. You know, this is what I think is common amongst all these kind of witch hunts, right? Whether you're talking about the Salem witch trials, whether you're talking about McCarthyism, whether you're talking about the insurrection on January 6th at the Capitol building, you have these, these or QAnon, the most vocal people who are shouting out accusations, these crazy accusations are the ones who are the most filthy, are the ones who are, who are actually committing the real crimes. And this is just projection, projection of their inner selves. Well, I agree in part, but I would, <laughs> I would go so far as to say that, and to hope that, 99% of the insurrectionists uh, in on January were not pedophiles. Uh, I would say this is more an aberration, the fact that this guy was screaming, but also has pedophilia in his past. But there... But you don't think that the leaders, the ones who are the most vocal in any of these movements, are the ones who are the most disturbed, psychologically speaking? Oh, absolutely. I'm just saying they're not all pedophiles. I'm, I'm oh, not yeah, going to turn sure. around and say that. But uh, if because- that's your go-to, if you're listening to a comedian, right, and his thing is talking about, I don't know, incest, just throwing that out there, or talking about, uh, I don't know, some other crazy stuff, you have to think to yourself, maybe, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's yeah. some kind of uh, like, uh, work that he's going through doing this. That sounds like uh, Louis C.K. with his um, when he would talk about uh, women and trying to champion women. But at the same time, hey, watch me jerk off as soon as he got off stage. Yeah. Like you want to project one thing or, or also Strom Thurmond. Uh, boy, I sure hate the blacks, except uh, I've got uh, 
you know, some, <laughs> he got, uh, he has two kids because he got a woman pregnant. He was, he was banging African-American yep. women, but he was, uh, Strom was a big old racist. Yep. Yep. Except his, maybe not his penis. No, penis is rarely racist. I, I have yet to meet a racist penis. A uh, homophobic penis, if, if it must be described as homophobic, uh, homophobic as opposed to a straight penis, sure. Uh, but uh, racist, no. Penises, uh, penises like what they like. And you know, those homophobic penises, they're, they're homophobic up until you get them into the men's room in certain airports, right? <laughs> well, that depends on what kind of Republican legislator it's uh, attached to. Bam, just like that. <laughs> and it's in Minnesota. Um, we got sidetracked, so we're talking about the pedophile in uh, Washington. Well, let's let's talk let's talk about the leaders, and there's still, to me, that uh, I agree with you that the 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 people that are well, let, let me backtrack. I think Alex Jones is both insane and honest. I like someone like Trump. I think after a while he believes what he's saying. I think he convinces himself of his own lie and then he believes it. I think Alex Jones just believes his bullshit from moment one, if that makes sense. So the idea that these people are the dirtiest, I'm not sure I believe that. Um, I think a lot of the people on January 6th were. I mean, just stupid. Just I'm I'm not sure how to put it. They're manipulated. They're easily they're they're malleable. Sometimes the leaders, yes, are the ones that I have something to hide. But when it comes, I think you could argue both sides of it. I don't think Alex Jones has a lot to hide. I think he wears everything on his sleeve. And that doesn't make him honorable. That doesn't make him intelligent. That doesn't make him correct 99.9% of the time. But I think he believes in what he's doing. And well, I, you know, that makes I, him a zealot, and I think zealots are almost more frightening and/or dangerous than people that are trying to hide or cover something. I th when I think of Alex Jones, I think of him as some form of deranged Hamlet, because Hamlet, he taught Hamlet, you know, in, in the yeah. play, he talks to the audience and he goes, "Well, I'm going to pretend being crazy for a while, but don't worry, folks, Hamlet's not crazy," and then you just get this feeling that he's losing perspective about what's the act and who the person is. And Alex Jones wouldn't be the first performer because that's what he is a performer yeah. who loses his sense of self in whatever shtick he's doing. And so um, does he, does he, can he separate himself from the shtick anymore? I doubt it. I don't get that. I don't get that from him. And I think that once he starts freestyle rapping insanity it just goes it just flows out of him yeah and here's another thing i'm raising more questions than i'm answering at this uh, point like i asked about the people with their fifteen thousand dollar bills um he lost his lawsuit regarding uh, sandy hook yeah. how has he not been bankrupted i thought that he lost us didn't he lose his the civil he, suit he lost a civil he lost a civil case so you have to wonder how much he settled for or how much the punishment was. I mean, let's face it, Alex Jones uh, is sitting on a pile of cash. Yeah. Uh, I've only watched his show minutes at a time, and it just seemed he's always Pitching. promoting yeah. promoting his fake vitamins. Mm -hmm. And he has a very 
motivated base who believes in him and who are willing to give him a ton of money for his fake products. So I think he sleeps on a, on a, on a mountain of cash every night. He does, but I guess I get confused as in, seems like a pyramid scheme to me. Like how many, how, how many vitamins can you buy before you just like, okay, I've got, you know, seven, like how much of his bullshit can you buy before you have enough? Or does he solicit donations like any politician at some point where it's just like, if you can't, uh, if you don't feel like buying another pack of vitamins, just send me five bucks. I don't know. Well, you know, that's the system. You know, if you if you joined his uh, Patreon account, if you become a patron of his, then you get access to exclusive crazy Alex Jones content that no one Mm. else is able to get to. So, yeah, I'm sure there is some kind of system that that you can just throw him money (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for not even for his crappy vitamins, just to get more Alex Jones. And I, uh, I wonder how that works though. I mean, I do because, um, I like it. I like the Adam Carolla show. I listen to the Adam Carolla podcast and, uh, I get his books from the library and read them. And sometimes they're amusing, but this last one is his last book. His most recent one, uh, I'm your emotional support animal was not good because it was, absolutely a rehash of everything he said on the podcast and or there were certain points in the book where he would say as i said in president me as i said in in 50 years we'll all be chicks it was almost like a best of book so how i'm relating this in my head to what you're saying is is there really exclusive alex jones product or doesn't he just say give me five bucks for this behind the scenes view of this rant that's pretty much like the rant that i'm going to say on my show anyway Alex Jones doesn't create a whole lot of original content. That's it's, my point. It, it, he's just cranking out whatever sound bites he believes his people want. Sure, there might be a new news story, but what he does, he looks at it through the same lens. Will Not this get people fired up? Will this get them angry? Will this get people clicking? Right. Well, that's the thing. You know, you raise another interesting point is that that's how marketers work. That's how most con people work that's how televangelists work as well as politicians is that they create an emotional state in you and then they say this is the way to resolve this anxiety that you're feeling give me some money buy my crap and why can't i do that is it the fact that i have morals or a conscience or that i find most things laughable and or annoying more than like that anger me that i can turn into a passion to trick people for me personally, I find that I hold con people grifters in in savage contempt. That's what I mean. I can only speak for myself. Uh, I, I just find them contemptuous. And I, I'll give you an example, right? With Alex Jones, I'm talking about his lawsuit, about the lawsuits against him. Uh, his defense in one of those lawsuits is the fact that his lawyer argued that no one should take Alex Jones seriously. He's not a newsman. He doesn't traffic in the news. He is if I may interrupt you, that actually worked for Tucker Carlson. Fox News argued that and won on yes. Tucker Carlson. That is exact. And this is what irresponsible people do. They throw this kind of content out there, act like they're an authority. And then when they're called on their BS in court, they go, you shouldn't be listening to me. I'm just an entertainer. Which begs the question, why aren't critics of Tucker Carlson? Because he's been in the news a lot lately because he's been saying a lot of stupid shit. 
Yeah. Um, why aren't the critics continually throwing that up then? Hey, remember when Tucker Carlson won a lawsuit because Fox itself said, don't take him seriously? He's just a talking head that's full of shit. I have no idea, dude, because uh, whenever I talk about Tucker Carlson, that's exactly what I talk about. That's exactly what I talk about. Just like now. Just like now. Why can't people just do that? It's like, you know, he's a con person. He's a con man. He says it in court. Whenever Alex Jones comes up, whenever Joe Rogan comes up, because he used the same defense when he told people, hey, you shouldn't be wearing, you shouldn't be getting the vaccine, by the way. Oh, you shouldn't be taking me seriously because I'm an entertainer. I'm stoned. Why would but at least with Rogan, he does it up front. Like he says, I'm a comic. Um, Tucker presents himself as a newsman. Like he, he, he presents himself as an authority. Rogan, as much as he may spread in misinformation, he's the first one to say, I'm an idiot. Don't listen to me. Tucker Carlson only says, I don't even know if Tucker said it. Fox is the one, the parent company is the one that said, don't take Tucker seriously. He's a moron. Right. Right. Yes. Yes, I, I do agree that they're in different categories, I, but I do agree under the same umbrella of not being responsible with, with what they're doing. I hear that. I don't disagree with that. But I do think the starting point of, hey, I'm Joe Rogan. I'm the guy you liked from uh, uh, not the man show. What is it? The, the one where you eat bugs? Fear Factor. I'm the guy from Fear Factor. Here's my opinions is different from I'm Tucker Carlson. I'm on Fox news a yeah. news channel and i'm wearing a suit and tie and i'm sitting at a desk whereas joe rogan is i was on fear factor i'm sitting at a table smoking a joint and yelling into a microphone i'm gonna do a callback right now for idiot hyphenated americans that may not matter <laughs> that is true i don't i and here's here's the here's the part i don't think people break it down like we're breaking it down now um yeah. No, they think that, hey, if you have a large audience, then you must know what you're talking about, about right? If you yes. have enough if you have enough clicks, if you have enough likes, then you have to be an authority. It's called social proof, right? It's basic psychology 101. If you if you have enough followers, then people just assume you're an expert in whatever you're doing. So you're saying instead of being idiots on parade, I should uh, change the title of this to experts on parade. We know what we're doing and uh, try and push emotional buttons. I think that's exactly it. I think we just hit the core of possibly both of our non-successes right now. You know, we're not failures, don't get me wrong, but we could completely go into the stratosphere in terms of ill-gotten gains. If, if we told people that we were experts. And if we lacked a conscience. Totally. Well, moving on before we start wrapping up, um, my brain thinks differently than other people sometimes. Um I sent you a clip of a homophobe in Florida with a Trump flag on his truck defacing a pride crosswalk. Uh, I don't actually know what city this is from, but the, the 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 street was painted in the rainbow flag to celebrate Pride Month of June. And this Trump supporter with his truck uh, did, burned rubber across it, just uh, put on the brake and hit the gas at the same time, just spun the tires uh, and, and just basically put tire treads all across this pride flag to show that he was disrespecting pride. And there's there, he's literally burning rubber because the tires start to smoke. They literally smoke as he leaves tread on the pavement. Now, many people look at this and say, wow, what an asshole, what a homophobic piece of shit. How much hate do you have in you to do something that stupid? He's a vandal. There, it's People have all these thoughts. My I thought was... Go ahead, Dad. I'm sorry. Well, my thought was, 
that's got to be bad for the tires and tires aren't cheap. Yeah. Like, why are you doing that? Is that the best way to express your contempt for people's love and, and joy by, by ruining your own tires? It seems kind of counterproductive. I say, let him burn rubber wherever he wants because he got caught, he got fined and rightfully so. But now not only does he have to pay a fine, he has to buy new tires for his truck. That's not really putting thought into your protest. If I was going to talk to him, if he was if he was sitting across from me right now, I'd say like, look, all right, I know that you're not happy with your penises grinder profile. Okay, maybe the words aren't spelled. Maybe this poor grammar, but your penis it it might really like being on grinder, and you should just accept that to a certain extent and be comfortable with it. I don't think he can, because if you scroll down, did you see when I sent the link, someone else posted right below it, uh, the him being arrested and charged uh, with a thousand dollar fine. Um, I'm looking at him. I don't think he would do that well on Grinder. So I don't think he could be comfortable with it because he's well, not an attractive he, man. He, he raised another interesting question. Maybe he's just frustrated because he's not successful on Grinder. That could be. I mean, it, I, I'm looking at him. I, I, homophobe. I guess I can see that just because redneck and all that. But I also see hints of incel in there because I don't. I don't see him doing that well with the ladies. I mean, I yeah. did. Are you looking at his picture? He's he's not an attractive man. He's just sort of a puffy redneckish. Does, I just clicked off of it. Let me click back. Yeah, he's got a scruffy chin beard. It's like he can't grow a real beard. And it's almost like, and I'm not saying this to make fun of uh, people from Pennsylvania. It's sort of like an Amish beard because it's scruffy and he can't really grow it out. But then it's missing under his nose. But it doesn't look like that's a stylistic choice. Like he's shaving his mustache part to leave the Amish beard. It's just this patchy, awkward He's in his 20s, but he grows facial hair like a 14-year-old phase. And so, yes, you're right. He's obviously sexually frustrated. And maybe you're right. He's taking it out on the gays because he's uh, like the pedophile screaming in uh, in D.C. You know, if you're going to get, it, you know, mental illness, it's going to uh, manifest typically between the ages of 18 to 25. It's when the brain matures the mo I mean, you know, that's the end stages of it maturing. And that's why you have so many, you know, uh, college students undergoing this, these kind of uh, turmoils, mental illness when they're in university. I'm not surprised the dude's in his 20s. I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised he looks the way that he looks. I just hope he, you know, and, and obviously what he did was wrong, but but there's a compassion inside me that, oh, I just hope he finds his way, and I hope he doesn't hurt anyone or himself any more than he is. And, and that's a rare sign of non-Schadenfreude there, Nathan, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. I actually, <laughs> I like that because what you are saying, in a way, if if we want to put a positive spin on this, and I would like to, at least he defaced uh, a piece of cement. Yes. He didn't wander into the Pulse nightclub and shoot the place up like that other asshole did, who was very obviously gay and very obviously hated by his father because of it. Yeah. And so that's how he lashed out. At least this guy destroyed some property, but he didn't hurt anyone, which unfortunately is on the table these days when it comes with two conflicting thoughts in your head about who you are and what society says you should be. This could be his moment of clarity, and hopefully it is. You know, maybe his, this interaction with the law, getting into trouble, 
maybe it's his, um, and forgive the term, come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Where he just, you know, realizes that he's running his life into the gutter and maybe he should do something about it. All right. Two more stories and one we don't really have to talk about. I just sent it because I found it amusing. Um, People that still believe Trump won the election and that Biden somehow stole it. Osama bin Laden's niece is on your side. (laughs) So maybe you want to take a look around at the company you keep. and, And, you know, I get it. Russia was the bad guy forever. Your hero, Reagan, hated Russia. You love Ronald Reagan. And now suddenly Vladimir Putin's a good guy because, you know, we should be more tough like Vladimir or whatever. I don't even know what the arguments are, but Russia suddenly is a good guy to Republicans. But is that next? Is that what's next? Is Osama bin Laden now is misunderstood and he's one of the good guys because, I don't know, she uh, heckled President Biden with a Trump one flag. There was a recent Pew Research report saying that the Republican base likes Vladimir Putin more than they like Joe Biden. Yes. And for those of us who grew up back in the day, that would be like um, people liking Leonard uh, Brezhnev, Brezhnev. the premier of the Soviet Union, more than Jimmy Carter. That's the kind of level of craziness that is. And I'm looking at the picture right now of Trump one. And it's like, what's what? What is she doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> she, you know, it's Osama bin Laden's niece. Uh, it's and she's protesting the Biden. I mean, yeah, that's just crazy. And that's who's on your side. And look, I think I've heard Bill Maher say this, and it's sadly true. We have to own whose side we are on. I am not a huge fan of the crazy left. And it's out there. The squad has, I find annoying. I'm not going to lie. But we're on the same team. So I have to, it's it's on me. How do I phrase this? This is, I'm going to, I'm spitballing here. Whenever uh, a terrorist event happens and it turns out to be someone of the Islamic faith, all the rednecks go, why don't they condemn the people from their own religion and say, that's not what our religion is about? Well, that's what I'm doing for the Democrats. I am. It is my job and my duty to say I don't agree with the crazies on Twitter or the radical left. But the right seems to not care when they're on the same side as Vladimir Putin and or Osama bin Laden's family or as long as they're on the same team, they're on the same team. And I find that very interesting that the left is very fractured and always is because it, it, it's the oldest saying in the world, the left falls in love, the right falls in line. And so the right doesn't care who's on their team because they're on their team. That's just because there's much more money on the right. (laughs) You know, when you have, when you have billionaires, when you have uh, mega churches just funneling money, uh, to people to to recite talking points. Yeah, there, there's a lot more incentive. There's a lot more incentive to actually fall in line, to actually speak what you think. Well, final story, and this one's just amusing. Uh, Mike Pence thought it was a good idea to go to the Faith and Freedom Coalition, and uh, maybe he forgot that he didn't betray democracy by signing Trump as a, into a second term of president after he lost. But these so-called Christians... They're, they're at a conference, a summit called Faith and Freedom, yep. and they are booing <laughs> Mike Pence and shouting traitor at him. 
I, I, the idea that these people believe they are for Jesus and that they are for freedom and they are for democracy, and yet everything they stand for is everything Jesus spoke against. Like they, they are completely antithetical. And I find it amusing, but I also find it sad. But I, I, it's hard to wrap my head around such blatant moron, morons, stupidity. Well, you know, I mean, it's a radical party. At least that 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 base is very radical. And if you're not at the cutting edge of that radical base, then you're the enemy. So Mike yeah. Pence might have been the radical edge ten years ago, but but that part of the party has left him in the dust. And now it's he's like up to them. It's not enough to be anti-woman or anti-gay anymore. Now you have to be anti-democracy, anti-elections, anti-voting rights, anti, you know. Well, they got a real sense. I think, Nathan, they got a real sense that they were close to to winning the whole thing, right? If Trump got a second term, they tasted it. They knew that they they were within um, arm's reach of, of a theocracy, or at least having much more power than what they have now. And um, now that they don't have it, they're just even angrier than before. And they're angrier at anyone, especially someone who they perceive to have gotten in their way, which is, you know, Mike Pence, you know? I guess I, it's not, I'm trying to think of the proper phrasing for this. I hear what you're saying about thinking they're within arm's reach, but what happens is there such a delusion that they can't see that they lost, you know, the House, the Senate and the presidency all at once? And that wasn't Mike Pence's fault that they lost everything. It was their dear leader at the top that kind of because nobody loved Joe Biden and nobody loved the Democrats. The Democrats didn't. There was no blue wave, mm -hmm. but there was enough contempt for Trump to get enough people out to vote to, you know, well, you know, Nathan, I don't know if you heard this, but the election was stolen. Ah, that's right. So Trump didn't lose. The election was stolen from him. So that explains everything. That explains everything. All right. Give your uh, YouTube page and podcast and blog a quick plug and we'll we'll call it quits, my friend. Why, thank you for having me on, Nathan. My name is Andrew Hall. Um my blog's name is Laughing in Disbelief. It's on the Pathos Non-Religious channel. The name of my YouTube channel is, well, Laughing in Disbelief. I do news analysis. I do funny bits. I just did a funny bit today about Father's Day. And I do interviews with notable notables. I talked with um, Green Party leader Howie Hawkins uh, a couple of months ago. I talked with all types of people. I talked with Nathan Timmel, in fact, author extraordinary. Yeah. Notable notable nobody notable notables and nobodies. Notable nobodies. That's who yes. I like to talk with. <laughs> All right. Well, check out Andrew. Thanks for sitting in while Jake is off uh, being a drunk. And uh, good to see you, my friend. Always a pleasure, sir. All right. Goodbye, kids.